0: Now you baby city. And this time he's not kidding. <laughs> Good job, dad. We all need encouragement, Scott. For those of you who might be thinking that I am making a subtle hint with my shirt about the cats, you're right, I am. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed yesterday. I want to spend a few minutes talking about that question that's on your screen right now. Do we forgive like Jesus forgives? And right away, I know that the title is incorrect because when I say we, it allows us to distance ourselves. So let me rephrase our lesson today. Do I forgive like Jesus forgives? Do you forgive like Jesus forgives? And there's an outline on the back of your bulletin. And in that bulletin, there is a bunch of scriptures and I am not going to read hardly any of them. They are for your reference. I encourage you to go back, take a look at those as they relate to the topic or the question. Go ahead, fact check me. That'd be appreciated. Before we get into the forgiveness though, let's do a quick refresher course on sin. I think think most of us have some understanding of what sin is. Even if you ask our little ones, they're going to know Sin is not good. Our sin separates us from God, Isaiah 59.2. And, and if something does not repair, that separation is going to cause our spiritual death, Romans 6.23. Sometimes we we use this illustration, and I think it's accurate, that sin is like missing the target. We are aiming for something, and we just blow it. God's word has said that we all blow it. We all miss the target. Romans 3, 23, 1 John 1, 8 through 10. But I think there's an important concept that we need to understand about sin. We do not define what sin is. God does. Only God has the authority, the wisdom, the power to define what sin is that separates us from him now his creation thinks that we are pretty smart sometimes and that we have a lock on what sin is and what it isn't sometimes we even think we know what the consequences of that sin should be and how long that it should last but here's my belief when we transition from this world to eternity it is not going to be the created that judges it will be the creator If you read James chapter 4 and verse 12, there is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy, but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Since sin separates us from God, my sin separates me from my God, and I know that he defines sin and that he is the judge, I'd better have a pretty good idea about what he does with my sin. And if you're here today and you identify as a Christian, you probably have some concept of what God does with our sin. And I'm grateful for that because what he has said is, I've got a plan for your sin. And that plan is taken care of through my perfect son, through my plan that is the death, burial, and resurrection of my son Jesus. You know, sometimes we only seem to say the words of Jesus when we are taking communion, but let's make sure we review what Jesus said he came to do. If not the primary purpose, certainly one of the primary purposes, he was explaining uh, the blood of the covenant, a remembrance that we just partook. And, and of that, he said, for the pouring out of my blood in this new deal for you, I'm doing it. Why? for the forgiveness of sin. We have forgiveness of our sins because of God's plan through Jesus. But in that forgiveness, I think we have an important part to play. We have to change. We use the churchy word repent, right? It means to change. It means to actually change direction. And as part of that change, we need to confess. We need to be honest with God and others that we have sinned. And then there's another piece of it. We need to really try our best to stay away from sin. Certainly we can't practice it. Look at Galatians chapter 5. If you're not a Christian, I'd hope that you would consider, deeply consider a relationship with God. Ask people that you know that are Christians, how and why do you believe in this, this thing that you call the Bible? And I encourage you to listen to what Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Well, then you might be thinking, well, was Jesus just making a statement about himself? But then, if you listen to what God said about his son, here is my son, whom I have chosen, listen to him. If you are not a Christian, I encourage you to listen to Jesus, get to know him. I guess with that backdrop of sin and a brief, brief touch on salvation through Jesus, you know, I'd, I'd like to focus on what we do when we believe in Jesus, have confessed our sin, and we actually trust that Jesus has taken that away. For the Christian that has sinned and has now been restored, I see two paths, two paths. One path, the Christian can do their best to move on, Trusting in Jesus, trusting that they have been forgiven and that they will spend their energies looking forward, trying to live a life honoring to God. It doesn't mean that the person who has been restored and forgiven doesn't have consequences to deal with. They do. It doesn't mean that they don't have to make things right or they have wronged people because they do. I use this account frequently when I preach. I preach. It's just so many lessons here, but it comes out of Luke 19, and that is the account of Jesus going to the tax collector, Zacchaeus. Jesus goes to this tax collector, a man known by reputation as a sinner. And Jesus says, I need to come to your house. I need to stay with you. Now, a couple of things happen. The first is, Zacchaeus, the sinner, is overjoyed that Jesus is going to come and stay with him. My version says it welcomed him gladly. And the second thing that we said is Zacchaeus commits to making things right, to give back where he has defrauded. I think in this account, Jesus makes it clear that he wants to draw close to sinners. He wants to be there for them. And what does Zacchaeus do is something that we can take to heart too. We can rejoice that Jesus wants to grow close to us in part of that restoration. What's the other path? I think the other path, we can live a life in the misery of our past sin where, where we've been forgiven but we won't move forward. It's like we're stuck on this treadmill of despair where we won't forgive ourselves. And we don't think that we can serve him because of our past. This is an important point, church. God does not want you there. We cannot be effective for his kingdom if we cannot move forward. If we cannot move past our sins when when he has said, I have forgiven you. I want to read Psalm 32. I probably like the, the NIV version. Blessed is the one and whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered, blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and whose spirit is no deceit. You know what this is saying? We are blessed when God covers our sins. When he forgives us, we are to be blessed. Do we think about that? We can't get so caught up in our misery that we forget that we are blessed by God. Yep, there's consequences. Yep, we got to make things right, but we've been restored because of Jesus. Amen? All right. Well, what does the church do with the one who has been forgiven? I see two paths. And if you've been listening for the last couple of minutes, it's going to sound very familiar. One, the church can do their best to move on, trusting in Jesus trusting that the person has been forgiven and we can spend our energies helping this person be in this restored relationship with God. We can even help them through the consequences of their sin. We can embrace them. Here's what I wrote. The more the church embraces the forgiven, the more likely they are to want to stay close to God and stay close to his church. Path number two, we can treat them like an outcast. We cannot forgive them, or maybe we just act like we have not forgiven them. God does not want the church to be there. The church cannot be helpful to his kingdom if we keep people stuck in their past. And if we refuse to show the grace and the mercy that God has extended to this person, we ourselves find ourselves in a very challenging place. I want to read for you Matthew 6, 14 through 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others your sins, your father will not forgive you. I want to look at two accounts in the Bible. I realize that all sin separates us from God. There's not a big sin and a little sin. There's not a partial separation with sin severity. All sin separates us from God. But there is two teachings of Jesus that I pay special attention to. Now, now the first one, this is when Jesus states in Mark two twenty eight through 29. Truly I say to you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. I got to tell you, church, I am not smart enough to understand all the implications in Jesus' words here, but I do know one thing. I don't want to be there. <laughs> I do not want to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. The other teaching is, is much more clear to me. Matthew 10, Jesus says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father. And once again, I know I don't want to be there. But here's two accounts of guys that did deny Jesus. One of them was Saul of Tarsus. He would later become Paul, a great warrior and evangelist for God's kingdom. But if you know Paul's past, you know he didn't start out that way, did he? He was a Jew, a very devout man. But he did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. He certainly denied that, even to the point that he wanted to uh, imprison or murder those that did not deny Jesus, those that were called Christians. Take a look at Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9, Jesus comes to Paul and teaches Paul a pretty valuable lesson. Paul gets it. Paul gets it. He repents. He's baptized into Christ. And then immediately he starts to teach Jesus as the Christ. Look at Acts 9.20. But Paul had a problem. When he goes to Jerusalem... He tries to hang out with other Christians. Here's what it says in Acts 9:26. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid of him. They did not believe that he had become a disciple. Though forgiven by God, though changed, the church was leery of Paul. My guess on Acts 9:26? they didn't get to know Paul. They only knew him by his past, his reputation. That was enough for them to be very leery of Paul. But eventually, I don't know how much time passed, but there was somebody that was willing to take a risk with Paul, and that was Barnabas. Barnabas found Paul, took him to the apostles, and I guess the rest is history. Can we speculate, though, what would have happened if the church had never welcomed Paul at some point? Would he have been such a great servant of God, had Christians not eventually welcomed him? Was it possible that they would only see him as this great sinner and actually try to prohibit him from being part of the church? What we do know, though, about Paul is he did not stay mired in his past. He knew what he had done. He knew that he was a great opponent of Jesus, but he changed and he moved forward. Then we have Peter, one of Jesus' best buddies. You know, the, the, the one that said, Jesus, though I have to die for you, I will not deny you. Well, we know what happened, right? Peter did deny Jesus, even to the point of saying, I do not know this man. That's denying Jesus. I swear to you, I do not know this man. Peter realizes what he's done and he's distraught. It says he weeps bitterly uh, about denying Jesus. Yet I find this next part of Jesus' teaching to all of us so, so interesting. It's days later. It's not several weeks later. It's not months later. It's not years later. We have the resurrected Jesus with Peter on the shore by the Sea of Galilee. You know, the same Peter that just recently did something like this. If you deny me before men, which Peter did, Jesus said, I will deny you before the Father. And yet, Jesus is there with with Peter. So in John 21, we find Jesus teaching Peter a very valuable lesson. Here's what he says. Peter, you need to see, you need to just see what's going on. You need to sit on the bench until you've straightened up. Peter, right now, I can't use you. Your sin was so great. I I know, Peter, you've been forgiven, but, but frankly... I can't use you right now. Maybe if you pass a few tests in the future, let's talk again and see if I can use you. Wait a second. If you read John 21, you know that that is not what Jesus said to Peter. He said, feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. So just a short time after this terrible atrocity that Peter does by denying Jesus. Jesus is back forgiving Peter, but also giving him a great responsibility. Help take care of my church. Wow. Do we forgive like Jesus or do we prefer that faulty enactment that I just gave you when it comes to dealing with people's sin? I lost my place in my notes. I'll get it back, trust me. Oh, there we are, there we are, there we are. All right. Why did Jesus forgive Peter and ask him to serve? Well, Jesus does know the hearts and minds of people. He is God, I get that. But I think there's something else that we can do ourselves and we don't have to have God-given miraculous powers to do this. Jesus knew Peter. Jesus was close to Peter. Jesus had a relationship with Peter. The church in Jerusalem, when Paul tried to come in and hang out with the disciples, not so much. They only knew him by his past, by his reputation. There was distance, and their reaction was based on reputation, what they thought they knew. But thank God for Barnabas and his actions and his attitude to bring Paul to the Apostles. Back to Peter. We know that Peter did not stay mired in his past as well. He was with Jesus on the shore saying, I love you. What do you want me to do? Peter was willing to look forward after he let God down. So what are a couple of lessons? Lesson number one for the individuals. We need to move beyond our sin-based past when we've been forgiven. If we want to live a life of service to God, we cannot stay stuck. A lesson for the church. The church needs to embrace and help Christians who have been forgiven draw closer to God that cannot hold back if we even act like we are holding back forgiveness. God's church will be far better off helping people getting on track, being useful for his kingdom when we get to know them, when we get close to them. Maybe there's an action you need to take from this lesson. If you know God has forgiven you, but you haven't forgiven yourself, I ask you to rethink that. If you've not forgiven a brother or sister, and maybe it's because you just don't know what's gone on, go to them. Get to know them. Go make it right with your church family. Help each other grow close to God in this church. We're talking about the church that God sent his son to die for he would tell you that it's worth it. We're going to stand and sing a song in just a minute. It's, the title's Redeemed. Brian, I hope I got the right one because I'm going to reference the, the, the verses. <laughs> Redeemed is another one of those churchy words. It means to get something in return for payment. And from this song, there's a couple of phrases I want to extend to you as a blessing. May you be blessed by the infinite. Infinite means unending, never ending. May you be blessed by the infinite mercy of God's Son, the Lamb. May you rest each day as his child, understanding that you have been redeemed, bought by a precious and perfect sacrifice. May you be happy each day, knowing that there's an eternal home for your soul, because Jesus forgives. Amen, church? Amen. There's any way that we can help you draw closer to God. Some of our elders will be in the back. We'd love to pray with you, we'd love to talk to you, but you know, maybe it's not right at this moment. Maybe you take time to consider the lesson that you, you look up these verses and you said, I, "I need to change. There's something just not right here. Come and talk to somebody in the church. I tell you what, this is a loving church. We are far from perfect, but we've been forgiven. Let's move forward and also let's stand and sing.